morning. Everybody come on in. If you are under the age of 12, you can go and join uh, Miss Terry over in the children's class over in the dining hall. She has an amazing lesson uh, for Uno. Whew. If you guys, it is, I understand that it's warm. So if you need to like go grab draw a water or drink real quick, go, go ahead and do that. Um, we're going to get started. We have a big day today. I love, I love the Father's house. I love family. I love to see extended family in the house. But I know that Papa God uh, loves to celebrate marriage. Amen? Don't you worry, baby girl. You got it? Yeah. God is so good. Let me kind of give you an outline because I know we have a lot of family uh, visiting and that I'm going to share uh, a message and then we're going to go into the celebration of Mr. John and Ms. Dorma in 42 years. I don't get a whoop whoop. What are you saying? Oh, but Anne Belize celebrates 42 as well. Wow. Okay, then. So we're going to celebrate a lot this morning. Does that sound good? I just want to say, I should hear from this crowd. This is, I should hear a roar from this crowd. First, I want you to understand that this morning, testimony is being released before you. A couple has fought through the valleys. They have loved the mountaintops, probably hated the climb, but they never gave up. Okay, and so I want to tell you, there's, a, there's a, a marriage supper coming that we are all waiting to celebrate today, but there is also a marriage supper of the Lamb. And it says in Revelation, as that is getting ready to be kicked off, the heavens roared for the celebration. The heavens roared. And that's what we have to look forward to. So even as I share the word this morning and then we go into uh, their ceremony and we celebrate with a feast, um, I just want you to be aware that whatever is placed before you is available for you. Whether you need healing, whether you need strength, whether you need encouragement, wherever you're at today, I want to tell you that Papa has something very personal for you today. Amen? If Ono don't know me, there's probably one statement I could say, okay, so maybe I put two, three statements in it, is I love Jesus. I love his presence. I love his voice. I love his face. You can put whatever you want in front of me, and there's nothing that will get me to turn away from that. There is nothing more valuable to me on this earth than my Jesus. Amen? So as always, I start this morning and I say, where are we going, Papa? Where are we going? And he reminded me, and he said, remind them he is in this place. God is in this place. 
and as I was sharing with Miss Dorma, it's more than Papa God, Holy Spirit, and um, and Jesus. It's all. I, I wish. Okay, Lord, if you could just unzip, unveil our eyes, because we have stadiums, stadium full of heaven surrounding to watch and wait for this moment. They're probably going, mm, got to get through, got to get through baby girl's word, and then we're going to celebrate. That's what all of heaven is saying. But they're, they're, all of heaven is here to celebrate. But not only did he come to celebrate 42 years of marriage, he came to celebrate you. You. Each and every one of you. See, we're going to focus on that for a minute, and we're going to focus on Jesus. He's here. He's tangible. It's the one. He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who made all things is right here in our midst. It's the one who gave light and life and love. It's the one who has a fountain of life within him that never stops. And do you understand as a believer that Jesus comes where? Holy Spirit comes where? Where does he dwell? In us. And do you understand that if Jesus is light, life, and love, and he is a fountain that never stops flowing of life, do you understand the fountain that is inside of you? My question this morning is, are we aware of his presence? It says he's everywhere, right? I can go to the heavens and you're there. I can go to the depths and then you're there. There is nowhere I can go where I can't find you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then why sometimes does it feel like he's not there? Might I suggest to you that in those moments you've dropped your head. You're under the heaviness of the attack of the second heaven. And all you can see is the dark chaos and the swirl. So I want to encourage you today to stand. When you've done all you can do, he says, stand. But I'm going to challenge you one more. And as you stand in whatever situation you are in, that you would look up. That you would close your eyes in this place. And say, Lord, you know the situation I'm in right now. And I need to see you in this. I know it's dark. I know it's scary. I know it's swirling. But I need to see you in this. Because he is what? He is light. And who trembles? The enemy trembles. The one who is in us is light. And where he is, there is no darkness. And so it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You need to fix your eyes on him and find his presence, find his face, find what he's doing in the room. So my question is, are we aware of his presence? See, we could have just gone through that whole worship set and just got, mm, I don't know, these are not my songs, this is not my group, I don't know, nobody else is standing, I don't know, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of sit here and humble, 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 humble through those 30 minutes. Can I tell you that worship is not a place setting for the word of God? Worship is a time that we have the opportunity to pour out our love and affection on the one who is the word 
word that's going to release revelation when the word is released. Do you see what I'm saying? So you can find him. We were, I, was, I was joking with Mercedes. Um, this is probably the first morning. It has never happened, but it doesn't matter. Worship starts. I start worshiping, and one of my grandkids is in front of my feet, and they want to be lifted up. And it has been that way since my first grandchild. But I will tell you this. I have such a value and a passion for his face. And I will not stop for anyone or anything. So when my grandchildren come, we worship together. I've had them on my back uh, in those backpack things, right? And I remember Indy Ray. She was a little less than two. And we're going at it at, the, at Boneville down by, uh, by the university. And she's raising all my kids. They're raising their hands, doing whatever grandma's doing, you know, raising their hands, being kooky, being, you know, whatever. And, and, that, and then she wanted to clap. I was in her way. She's on my back. And she's like, ooh, 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 grandma, you know, get out of my way. I need to clap for the Lord. And I, I'm just saying, we can sit there in a crowd and get lost in the crowd, or we can find him. Or we can sit alone in our home. And we can usher him in. See, I don't care who's in the room because I know who's in the room. Amen? So are we aware of his presence? Or are we like Jacob who discovered in a moment of grace in the middle of the desert when he encountered the Lord and he encountered the presence of Yahweh as he awoke in a dream and he cried this, he cried out and he said, surely God is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. He is always with you. So my challenge to us today is to step out of I wasn't even aware of it into he is surely in this place. Amen? Last week, I just want to share a little bit. We were praying for Guatemala. You know, last Sunday they had their uh, they had their election, and when I woke up and I was I was praying, bubbling up out of my spirit came this: May the brooding of the Holy Spirit be over the entire nation of Guatemala today. I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? What 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 does that mean? And He took me to Genesis one, and He and let there be light. And the moment He announced the announcement was released, a light burst forth. I began to pray, right? Because just as the earth is draped in that darkness, that Holy Spirit would hover and brood and sweep over the face of the waters and that Yahweh would once again announce over that darkness, let there be light. And as the word is spoken, light is released. And uh, this is crazy. All right, I don't know. Okay, we got to get there. Hmm. All right. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. And then I was reminded of something that I share with our students all the time. In fact, my family might get a little upset with me. I know my students don't get upset with me now, or our students don't get upset with me now because they're just used to it. And in fact, they already start laughing before I even say it. But if there's a hard situation going on, I say, let's just laugh at that. And I have said that for years now because God says in Psalms, it, it says in Psalms 2 that God laughs at the plans of the enemy. And the Lord said, I want you to go back to that verse because you're missing a little piece of that, baby girl. And it says this, 
So at the beginning of, uh, or in, in chapter 2, it's talking about the nations and how they plan their rebellion. And it says, look at how the power brokers of the world rise up and hold their summit as rulers and as rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king. It says, they're saying, come, let's, let's, get, let's come together and let's break away from the creator once and for all. Let's cast off these controlling chains of God and Christ. Let me ask you if that broadcast sounds a little familiar of what's going on in our world right now. Let us just separate ourselves from God. The, 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 that church thing, that's true. I, I, I will tell you this. I do not have a religious bone in my body. And so if you are bound by the religious spirit, I command it to bow now. Because I do not tolerate the religious spirit. Because the religious spirit brings no freedom. There is no freedom in that. God called us to be free in Christ. This is about a... a this is about a, br a bridegroom and his bride. This is about a father and his kids. This is about a Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus that comes and makes us righteous. You want to know why I love his face and I love his worship or love to worship him? It is not because somebody said I had to sit in church. It's because I encountered Jesus. Not a religion. So after that, it says, right, that sounds like what the world is saying right now. Let's break off or cast off these controlling chains of God and Christ. But then it says this, God enthroned merely laughs at them. The sovereign one mocks their madness. And the very next line says this, and I apologize to every student or every person that I have not given you this line with that one. But it says, then, with the fierceness of his fiery anger, he settles the issue and terrifies them to death with these words. He laughs at them, he mocks them, and then he settles the issue. That's why we can laugh. But he is not a God that, to, that he can be mocked. He will come with his righteous anger and he will settle it. I want to look at, um, where are all my Bibles? They're not up here, are they? Oh, they're back there. Will you bring them up to me? Sorry. I'm like, ah, uh-oh. In John 1, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. His life brought light to everyone. Do you remember who lives inside of you? His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. We just sang about this. They have no idea what we're teaching this morning and they just sang all about it. But the word there, extinguish it, there's three different translations that it could mean. It either means to seize, lay hold of, and overcome. So it could say the darkness does not, the darkness cannot gain control over the light. 
or the second uh, way is to perceive, attain, lay hold of with the mind. So that would read, the darkness is unreceptive and does not understand it. It can't understand the light. Or the third, to quench, extinguish, snuff, snuff out the light by stifling it, which would read, the darkness will never be able to eliminate it. I want to suggest to you that all three are correct. Darkness will never gain control, it will never understand, and it will never be able to eliminate it. And this is who Jesus is. Our joy is knowing that the, that the light is not only greater than the darkness, but it will outlast the darkness. I know where I'm called to minister. And that might freak some of you out, but I know for me, my assignment is in the deepest darkness. So I need to know this. I need to know that wherever I go, what, no matter how dark it is, there is no darkness. Why? Because of the one who is in me, who is light. In John, through the whole book, it kind of splits it in three. And you're gonna, you would see Jesus as, as life, light, and love. And you would discover that surely he's in this place. I want to read uh, part of it out of uh, the Passion Translation. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. It says, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. The living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face. And in the very beginning, in the very beginning, and through his creative inspiration, the living expression made all things, for nothing had existed apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, for his life is light for all humanity, and the light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. And then suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named God, for he came as a witness to point the way to the light of life. Who is this? Do we know? Who came? His name is John. How, how appropriate, right, for today. We're reading John, but who came? John the Baptist, right? John was not the light, but he came to show us who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the perfect light of truth was coming into the world to shine upon everyone. He he entered into the world he created, and yet the world was unaware. It even says it right here. That there were those, when he was face to face with him, was unaware of who he was and that he was here. He came to the people he created, to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him took hold of his name. Do you understand that Jesus is our forever bridegroom? And that when we say yes to him, we take on his name. We take on the authority and the power of his name. But more importantly, we take on the intimacy of becoming one with him as we take on his name. The, uh, it goes on a little bit and it talks about, um, it talks about, do 
John was saying, there is one that is coming that I am, I am, uh, I am not even worthy to loose his sandals. It says, even though he ranks far above me because he existed before I was even born. And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon, uh, heaped upon more grace. It's from the overflow of his fullness that we can actually step into the one who is the anointed one. Uh, it says, Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one ever before gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son. And now that he has come to us, he has unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. So John has already baptized Jesus. The heavens have opened. The dove, the dove has come down. The Father has said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The dove rested and remained upon Jesus. And John knew that when that happened, this is a mark of the Messiah. After that, uh, after in John, it doesn't go a lot into the, the, the wilderness and into the desert. But it talks about how uh, the... the um, the entourage of priests and, uh, priest and the temple servants from Jerusalem came after John the Baptist saying, who are you? And John answered them directly, I am not the Messiah. Then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? John said, no. Are you the prophet Moses? No. He says, who, they said, who are you? He said, I am an urgent, thunderous voice crying out in the desert clear, uh, to clear the way and prepare the way to prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord. John asked you guys last week, he talked about John the Baptist. That was his assignment. Do you understand that we have that same assignment, but it's for the second coming. We are to prepare the way, to make the crooked ways straight, uh, and to prepare the way of the Lord. So after he was baptized, now you've got uh, Jesus calling some of his followers and his disciples, and they're following him. He's got to where Philip and Nathaniel are following him. And uh, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said, Here comes the true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motive. Nathaniel was stunned as he said, but you have never met me, so how do you know anything about me? So the Lord just released a word of knowledge right there that opened the door for Nathaniel to have an encounter with the Lord. And he says, he says, Nathaniel, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under a, a, a fig tree. And Nathaniel burst, bursted out, teacher, you are truly the son of God and the king of Israel. And Jesus said, do not believe, believe simply because I told you I saw you sitting under a fig tree. This is what I need you to hear, because I'm speaking this to each and every one of you in the room that believes in Jesus. He said this, you will experience even more impressive things than that. I prophesy to you, to you, to you, to every single person in this room, I prophesy to you, Eternal truth from now on, you will all see open heavens and gaze up upon the Son of Man 
you will gaze upon the Son of Man like a stairway reaching into the sky and the me- uh, reaching into the sky with messengers of God climbing up and down upon him. What did I just decree and declare over you? You will see open heavens. You will see what what happened at the moment when Jesus was baptized. There was an open heaven. The heavens were uh, were split open. You will see open heavens. You will see Papa. Holy Spirit will come down, rest on you, rest in you, dwell inside of you. And you will see. Where else have we seen this, this ladder, this staircase? Can anybody tell me? Would it be in Genesis 28? Let's turn there real quick. Who didn't bring a rag for my face? Genesis 28. We get to Jacob. He is ju- he's not in a great place. He's just deceived. He's running away. And now finally, right, meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba traveling towards Haran. And at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. What time, what is it, what what is it? Night, dark, right? Where is he at? He's in the middle of the desert. Not a great place, all right? And he's running. Jacob found a stone, a what? A stone or a rock, Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down and sleep. And as he slept, he dreamt of a stairway, a stairway that reached from the earth to the heaven. Where did did the stairway originate? From the earth to the heaven. This is important. Because what did it say over in John 151? He says, I am the ladder. It is by, oh, you're amazing. Uh, it is by, it is by me. I am the staircase. It's me that you will climb up. He had to come where? On earth. So the stairway started from earth because Jesus is the ladder. He came down. He's here as man, and he creates this staircase and this ladder into heaven. So he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw angels, he saw the angels of God going up and down. What's the order? Up and then down. Angels, the original language here, and the one in 51 also includes the translation of messengers. And Jesus said, Who will climb on him? You. That's why. You got to start here, and we go up. We have access into the heavenly places. Where are we seated as children of God? In the heavenly places, at the right hand of the Father. In, in Revelation 4, Jesus says, come up here so I can show you the things to come. Come, yes, you live here on earth, the first heaven. Yes, there is a second heaven where the demonic realm operates and runs. But Papa God says, this is your rightful place. And he says, come up here so you can see rightly. So you can see him rightly, and you can see situations rightly. And so it says messengers, angels going up and down. I will tell you this. 
Yes, I love heavenly experiences. I love encounters. I love visions. I love his face. But they are no good if you do not bring something from heaven back down to earth. Because look at our dying and broken world. They need an encounter with Jesus. There was a moment that John needed a brand new heart. The doctor said it. There was blockage. I did not share this with great faith at the moment. But in my secret place, I felt like the Lord said, reach up into heaven. And I reached up and I grabbed off of a really pretty white shelf, a clear glass box, and I pulled down a brand new heart. And when he went in for that surgery, he came out and the doctor said, I don't know what to do with you. You have no plaque. Your, your, everything's perfect. Your pressure's perfect. Every chamber's perfect. You got a brand new heart. I don't even need to see you the rest of your life. You have access to heaven, but it's not a, uh, I got a Santa Claus. It's a, Lord, what are we doing? Papa, what are we doing? What do you want me to do? What, what, that's why this morning, God, where are we going? Where are we going? I know where you're walking with me, but where do you want to walk with me this morning with, with everybody else? And so it's a journey with him. And so... They ascended and descended. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord of your, of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. This is the Abraham covenant being given again, but now being given to Jacob. He says, I am give, uh, your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, and they will spread out in all directions the, uh, uh, to the west and the east, the north and the south, and all families of the earth will be blessed through you. All families of the earth will be blessed through you. And your descendants. What's more, I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I have promised. What he starts, he finishes. I understand there are dark valleys sometimes. Find him in the darkness. Find him in the valley. And you cling to him. He is the one that will always provide a way out. He will always lead you along the path. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. Jacob was running. He's in, it's at night in the middle of the desert. I'm sure you got wild animal noises going on uh, in every direction. He's all alone. He has a rock for a pillow. And it was in that moment that he discovered in that very place, in the darkness, in the hard place, shh, that he was there. He discovered Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. What I like to teach is, it's not only just find him, but it's like, what, what is he doing in the room? He's always doing something. 
So find him, find what he's doing, find what he's saying. He says, but he, but he was also afraid to say what an awesome, it, it, it actually, in some translations it says, and he trembled and then said, what an awesome place this is. You know, you can read that was with, uh, but he was also afraid and said, you know, but I'm thinking he trembled. Oh, he trembled. You will tremble when you are in the presence of Yahweh. Uh, but the fear of the Lord swallows up and destroys all other fears. So if you're struggling with anxiety or fear or any fear of man, anything, I challenge you to find your way in to that spot where you are standing in the fear of the Lord because it is there, yes, that you will tremble. But it is there, yes, that you will be able to say what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God the very gateway of heaven. He is surely in this place. It's the house of God and the gateway of heaven. And there was an open heaven. And you got angelic things going on up and down, right? None other than the house of God, the gateway of heaven. The house of God is beyond this building. I need everybody to, to tap yourself on the chest and say, if you're a believer, say this, this is the house of God. This is the house of God. This is where he wants to rest and remain like the dove did upon Jesus. This is where he wants to fill the house. This is where he wants to live and dwell. All right? It says... Um, well, remember, it says, so it, it's beyond this building. We are the house of God, and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I am the ladder. You will see open heavens. You will go up and down on me, upon me. I am the ladder, upon the Son of Man. I am the stairway between heaven and earth. Um, and it's, he, says, um, he says, it's me. I'm the ladder. I'm giving you access. I'm the way. I'm the way for heaven to come to earth. There's a, I, John and I are uh, fixed on mercy culture worship right now. I, I used to, I, I, I go wherever I feel like the Lord has an anointing on and I'm, I follow the anointing and I'm heavily at mercy culture right now. Um, but they have this song called the house of God. And they had a vision at the beginning of the year as they were praying that the worship pastor did. And she said that they saw Jesus and they saw the lashes on his back. And as they saw the lashes on his back, they saw them turn into a ladder. And they realized that it was his, it's his torn flesh that makes a way for you and me. It's, it's his torn flesh that creates that ladder for, uh, to give us access to ascend and descend, to come into the holy place because of what he did on the cross, because of what he endured. He laughed at the plans of the enemy. And then he fiercely arose 
And in his fiery judgment, he settled it on the cross. It is finished. And it is because of that that we have access to ascend and descend on the ladder who is our high priest. In Hebrews 10, 19, it says this, Therefore, we can come boldly. We can boldly enter. I know it, I know it by uh, memory in a different translation, so I've got to read mine. Okay, I've got to read a different one. Uh, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Jesus is the ladder. He's the reason that we have access to the throne, access to heaven. Yes, there are angels ascending and descending ascending and descending, but we have been given access as his messengers, and we too can ascend and descend upon him, bringing heaven down. As Jacob saw the open heaven, as Jacob saw the open heaven, God realized in this place, or sorry, uh, ay, ay, ay. As Jacob saw the open heaven, he realized God is in this place. And that this is the very house of God. It says this is Bethel, the Bethel, the, the house of God, the gateway of heaven. What I need you to understand, first and foremost, is he is in this place. And he has made a way for you. You are the house of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the gateway to heaven. He is the ladder. He is your high priest. And surely he is in this place. Amen? I'm going to play probably about at least 15 minutes of this song. And I know this might be new for you. It's actually going to be a video up on the screen. But I want to challenge you. There's not one way to worship, but whatever that way is for you to get complete focus on him, I want you to take this song and worship him, pour out your adoration, find his face. I want you to process what we just talked about. I want you to have time with him because he's in the room. He is here to celebrate Morning. life. Morning. He's here to celebrate you. Well, come on and join us down at the altar. So before we go into that celebration, let's celebrate him. In my whole life, if I read So for me, I will tell you, for me, it's standing and my eyes closed. So none of you distract me, right? But I don't know what that is for you. If that's sitting, if it's laying, if it's standing, if it's dancing, I just, I want to give you permission to encounter him this morning because he's here. 
And remember, if the fear of man crawls up and goes, what are they going to think of you? They actually know the language you got in your vocab. And, you know, you're kind of standing there praising the Lord. Well, guess what, somebody who's judging that person? You don't know the decision they made at that moment to stand and worship Yahweh. So we are going to celebrate everyone and who they are and the way they worship him because he is in this room. Amen? So, uh, Rick, we'll start it at 2443. Yeah? And we're going to turn it up. So if we all, the, us beautiful people that have an ex, ex, excruciating voice, we can still sing really loud. Uh, I encourage you, just position yourself of however you want to worship the Lord. And let's just enter in. He'll do what he said he would do. do it. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, a lot of their songs come with the same picture. And so I'm just going to make sure we're good before we, I'll give Rick the, the thumbs up. So 2443 should be somewhat into the house of God. You going to dance, baby girl? 
It's her birthday. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are surely in this place. Thank you for an opportunity to just pour out our love and our affection on you. Thank you that by your stripes, a ladder was created that we could have access. Yes, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come in your fullness and in your mercy and in your grace. Jesus, we know you're here. Help us to find you, to find your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is that one, Rick. So if you start that one at 24, 43, right around there, that'd be good. Thank you, Jesus.
want every hand to sing this house is the house just a little bit lower for a second I want you to stay in that space where you're at and I want you to imagine wherever your footsteps wherever you're wherever you stand when you're in your home this must be the house of God surely you are in this place surely Papa you are in this place as you stand there you look up and wherever you go wherever you stand above you is an open heaven he said you will see open heavens And in that place, Jesus is standing from the stripes on his back, creating a ladder so that we can ascend and descend, so that we can ascend and see him rightly, so we can ascend and grab hold of heaven and bring it down for our families, for our communities, for our nation. I want you to picture just the people in this room if we realized that he is in this place, then you're going to see a ladder and you're going to have access wherever you go, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your home, in your friend's home, in your nation. Do you understand the authority that you have when you took on his name. That never closes. It's simply you have to come into focus so you can see. Amen? Let me close with this. May we live aware that we are the house of God, the gateway to heaven so that others can encounter him through you, so that they can meet the high priest who made a way for them. I say to you, yes, as Jesus said, said go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in this, uh, help me, baptizing them. What? In the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and do and do the things that I, I told you to do, right? Teach them the things that I've taught you to do. But I also challenge you, as New Covenant uh, John the Baptist, I challenge you to go and make a way. Prepare a way for the Lord. Be the house of God. Be the gateway of heaven. Can you imagine if you looked at the globe, if everybody realized you have access and a ladder, what it would look like, the open heavens and the light? It would be crazy. It would be crazy. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that you made a way for us, and now we will go and prepare the way for you. And we just ask you to bless this in Jesus' name. Amen.